Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time you're watching this. It's currently 4 p.m. for me, but thank you so much for tuning in for another episode. Today I have a very exciting topic I'm going to get into, but before that, I want to acknowledge the fact that today is indeed October 1st. That's freaking crazy to me because that means that there's only two months left until this year's officially over and 2023 enters, which is exciting but also terrifying because life is just moving so fast, y'all. I remember seeing this TikTok that said that once you reach the age 25, your life begins to move 2x speed and... I already feel like that's happening right now. Like ever since I turned 20, everything's been moving so much faster. Like the days are passing by so much quicker. But regardless, I'm trying to learn how to slow down, enjoy where I am now. So with October, that means that it's officially fall time. I know that fall officially starts like September 23rd or 22nd, whatever. But for me, it's not until October because that's when the leaves are changing. You know, you got Halloween coming up in like four weeks. Uh, Starbucks pumpkin spice menus out. It's been out for a while already. But you know, still, everything that contributes to the whole vibe of October, I just love fall time so much. And you guys, I'm just such in a good place in my life right now like I have so many exciting things going on I mean for one I'm going to a concert on Friday so that's exciting and also in October this is when all of my hometown friends are coming back to the city I'm living in so this is when their reading week is so I get to visit see my old friends face to face again the weather is starting to get warm again it got kind of cold and chilly and rainy but now it's starting to warm up so I can wear cute outfits again and also I feel like this is the time where I'm finally getting into the rhythm of my classes. The first couple weeks of September are always kind of awkward and tricky because you're still figuring out what your teacher marks like, you know, who's in your class, but I've managed to find my rhythm with it, which is really nice. Also, so many, you know, new hobbies that I'm getting into, like one, my podcast. I'm also trying to get back into working out just for my physical and mental health. Um, and I'm also getting back into old hobbies. So like trying to make time to read and to write stories again. So I'm just, I'm finding that balance between school and hobbies, you know, putting aside a time, putting time aside for my homework to continue doing things that bring me inner peace and fulfill me. So so many exciting things going on. So yeah. But anyways, on to what today's podcast is actually about. I'm going to be talking about quarter life crises. So this fits in with the whole theme of what my podcast is about, aka the title, Roaring Twenties. You know, I'm 21 right now. 25 still feels like so far away. But at the same time, I know that I'm going to blink and I'm going to be 25 just like that. It's kind of scary to think about. Um, I hope I don't become one of those people who find myself in a quarter-life crisis, which is kind of why I'm dissecting what it means and what it is and why I wanted to get into this podcast episode in the first place. So without further ado, let's just let's just jump right in, yeah? So a few weeks ago, I watched this YouTube video called Sending an Attractive Lookalike to My High School Reunion, and it's exactly what it sounds like. In summary, there's this guy named Steven who said he didn't have a good time in high school. I guess he was the stereotypical nerd, like he played saxophone in the band, he got bullied, he got teased, he struggled with his self-esteem issues, he was never really popular. So 10 years goes down the road, and 
In his current stage in life, he's trying to become a dentist, which I guess he's embarrassed about. And he's also still not as confident as he would like to be. So he he got this YouTube team with his this camera crew who helps him hire um, this model actor guy. And he fills in for him at his high school reunion. Uh, long story short, uh, there was actually kind of a plot twist because Steven thought that nobody from his high school would even care about him. But in reality, there were actually a lot of people who were able to recognize hey, you're not actually Steven. No, you look nothing like Steven. And there was a lot of disappointment because they were really looking forward to the real Steven being there. So message of the YouTube video is that you might think you're invisible, but you're really not. You know, there's a lot of silent admirers that you have out into the world. Um, but anyways, getting back to my topic of quarter life crisis, more people than ever are having a quarter life crisis. I feel like a decade ago, it was midlife crisis, you know, when you reach your 50s. To me, that seems more plausible. But now, I guess with people living longer, with more expectations, putting pressure on us, with the presence of social media, people are hitting 25 and they're already reaching these insurmountable amounts of stress to settle down, to be financially independent, move out of the house, have kids, be married. It's it's kind of conflicting because on the one hand, I feel like this is a first ever generation to encourage us to not settle down, you know? They're kind of encouraging us to focus on yourself, be independent, um, focus on your career. There's no, like a lot of people are not having kids until at least their 30s. Some people are even pushing it to their 40s and there's nothing wrong with that, but it's a whole different life now because when our parents were young, right? They were having kids already by the time that they were 21, which is how old I am now. I'm sure a lot of you guys can relate to this, but <laughs> the fact that there's people out there who are 21 who are already having kids and getting married and stuff just absolutely baffles me because I'm at a very different stage in my life. You know, we're working on two completely polar opposite timelines. I'm still living at home with my parents. I've actually never moved out and I don't see myself doing that for a while. I've never even been in a relationship, let alone a serious one, where I could see myself settling down with a person. I definitely want kids in my future, in the far, far future, and I definitely, you know, want to have a significant other in the long term. But again, I'm still in college. I don't see any of that happening until I'm like, at this rate, I would say 35. So it's crazy when you compare yourself to other people who are the same age as you, but they're just living a completely different lifestyle. Um, I follow Emma Chamberlain, and if you guys know her, Kayla Kasuga, she's a YouTuber. Let's start with Kayla first. They're both, Emma and Kayla, the exact same age as me, okay? But Kayla, she just freaking bought a car for her husband, okay? She has this kind of money, all right? And she just gave birth to a little girl, like, two years ago, so she already has a kid. She's doing all this crazy stuff by herself, like, go her. Um, and then Emma Chamberlain, if you don't know her, you're living under a rock, but she was a YouTuber turned multi-millionaire. She has her own coffee company. She's been on multiple TV shows for like, like Jimmy Fallon and stuff like that. She has her own company. Like she owns a, mil a million dollar house and lives by herself. She's that financially stable. And I'm not saying this to make you feel bad or to make myself feel bad. I'm just showing how everybody's having a different life. And again, with the presence of social media, it's really hard to see everyone else doing all the stuff and to not compare. I think social media, especially Instagram, can be 
excruciating excruciatingly toxic that way because you're given access to all these people's lives and their photos and you're like dang why am I not doing this yet why don't I have a full-time career like this yet um, I could get into <laughs> the exact toxicities of social media, but I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, I think Instagram, in my opinion, is the most toxic one just because that platform is specifically used to highlight the best parts of your life. And 100%, I'm guilty of this too. You know, I'm not going to post when I have a bad day. I just post whenever I feel confident in that photo, whenever I go out when I want to show off, right? So my profile is 110% a highlight reel. It's not showing my ups and downs. It's just showing my ups. But anyways, going back to this quarter life crisis thing. Um, okay, I want to share a little tidbit. So a few months ago, more than a few months ago, let's say, um, well, this was back in June. Yes, June. So I was just riding my bike, do 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 do, riding my bike, and then I run into this girl that I used to go to high school with. I'm not gonna name her. Um, we'll just call her Sally. Oh my gosh. <laughs> ah, okay. Why do I come up with like the most generic white names ever? But anyways, let's call this girl Sally. So we ended up talking. We weren't like best friends in high school or anything. We had classes together. Um. I would say we're like close enough to the point where, you know, if I saw her in public, I would stop and say hi and she would do the same for me because that's what happened. Like we saw each other. She was like, oh my gosh, hi, Jenny. Um, but we weren't like that close or anything, right? But anyways, we started making small talk and we follow each other on social media. So I know what she's up to. And she's such a freaking girl boss right now. Like she is um, currently like a producer on a TV show and it's which, by the way, she's the same age as me, so for her to do that, like, it's freaking amazing. So I told her, I was like, hey, I saw you were doing this TV show, like, that's so amazing, I'm so proud of you, I'm so happy for you. And that was that, we just left, it was a very short conversation, less than five minutes at most. So I continued riding my bike, and she left, she got in her car, we said bye. Um, and as I was riding my bike away, I started thinking about <laughs> what we just talked about. And I, my brain couldn't help but naturally compare our situations. Because I was like, okay, here she is, fresh out of high school, already doing this f crazy, amazing thing where she's on a set of a TV show, meeting all these celebrities. Um, she's literally traveling. Like, I see her posting about it all the time on social media. And, I mean, I'm in a good situation too, right? I'm not ashamed of what I'm doing. Like, I'm still in university doing my own thing nothing extravagant like her but I couldn't help this feeling of jealousy that came up and so I literally wrote a journal entry right like about this I'm not going to read it to you guys but in short I talked about how I was feeling envious and how that conversation kind of motivated me to continue working on my book because one of my lifelong dreams is to get a book published and so I was like Kate hey, well now I really got to start working on this book so I can get it published right away and become rich and famous <laughs> just for the sole purpose of you know being able to brag about it I guess which is possibly the worst incentive and motivation factor you can use so I don't recommend that whatsoever but do you see what I'm saying here? Like, you compare yourself to other people and then you get motivated by the wrong things to do it. Because in my mindset at the time, the ultimate goal was, okay, get rich and famous. So then 10 years down the road, 
or a week down the road, I can be super cool and my the people I went to high school with could be envious of me. That makes me sound like such a bad person, but I'm sure deep down, you know, almost everyone has had the exact same thought. Going back to the YouTube video that I saw, I started thinking to myself, okay, 10 years down the road, where will I be? You know, if I had a high school reunion and I got to see my old classmates, my old childhood friends who I've known for 15 years plus, will I be able to proudly present myself? If I make small talk with a person, with a peer, will I be able to be honest with them and say, hey, yeah, I'm doing this now. I've, yeah, I'm, I'm up to this. I'm doing this. I have a family now. I have kids or whatever. 10 years down the road, I'm going to be 31. I'm just going to make an inference right now and say that I got my dream job, which is to be a teacher. Hopefully I've graduated um, both university and teacher's college from them. Possibly have met someone, boyfriend. Um, and will I have published a book? Who knows, right? So that got me thinking like, okay, am I on the route in my life in the present to be successful in the future? Am I setting myself up for success? And then that got me thinking, well, hold on. What is success? What do we define as success? I'm sure if I ask you guys this right now, you're gonna associate success with the stereotypical things. You know, being financially stable. Um, if you're famous, that's a bonus. You got a lot of money. If you have your own place, if you have lots of friends, if you have a significant other, that's, I think, the universal definition of success in today's society. All right. So I think that we can all agree that the recipe for success universally, universally is rich plus famous plus social circle, okay? But to me, none of those things directly correlates with success. For me, happiness equals success. You can be happy and be poor. You can be happy and not be famous whatsoever. You can be happy and no one knows you. You can be happy and have zero friends, zero family. It all comes down to your own mindset. I hate, strong emphasis on hate, how we have this pressure in society to quote unquote, do something with our life. You guys may have been told this by your parents, by your family, by society, by your For You page on TikTok. You know, those it girl videos, you know, like, oh, you gotta, to be this it girl, you gotta wake up at 5 a.m. and journal and drink iced coffee and go on your morning run by 7 a.m., get all your work done, all your chores done before 5 p.m., light a candle and, you know, like all these aesthetic things that really doesn't work for everybody. It just really frustrates me seeing other people you know, think that they have to do this, this, and this in order to be successful and happy. Because one shoe, what's what's the saying? One size does not fit all, okay? Nothing is going to work for every single person out there. You really got to find out what makes you happy. And so, again, going back to doing something with your life, again, there's this pressure that, well, 
I think before when people were experiencing their midlife crises, they were like, oh my God, I'm 50 now. If I were to die tomorrow, no one's going to remember who I am because I didn't leave behind a legacy. But why do we got to put this constant pressure on ourselves to become the next Nelson Mandela? <laughs> you know, like I'm, I can't think of a better example. I'm sorry, Nelson Mandela. We can't be the next Ellen, can't be the next Brad Pitt, the next it person. You know, like, not all of us can be famous. Some of us are just meant to exist. I have this letter board in my room that I'm looking at right now. <laughs> and the quote that I put on there is, don't just exist. This has been up here for, I think, almost a year now. And I used to look at this every morning and it would motivate me to do something productive, get my work done, go to the gym and all that. But now I'm looking at it and I think it's kind of toxic. Don't just exist. Because existence and living to a lot of people are not the same thing. For a lot of people, if you say exist, I'm simply just existing, it means you're kind of just going about life, letting things happen to you. You're not taking the initiative to go out there and make your life as best as it could be. Versus living is you're making the most out of every day. You're going out, you're going to parties, you're doing all this crazy stuff. To me, there's nothing wrong with simply existing. Existing is literally, is literally living. Living is existing. They are the same thing, but for some reason, to a lot of people, they don't intersect. Um, I think there's nothing wrong with spending your Friday or Saturday night at home just watching TV. I think there's nothing wrong with not wanting to go to parties, not wanting to go out and hang out with others. If you want to stay in your room and just scroll on your phone, that's fine, as long as you're having fun doing it. I think there's nothing wrong with wanting to stay in and just play video games or skip out on plans and just be by yourself. The key is if you don't want to do something, simply don't do it. Don't force yourself to do something just because society and social media says, oh, this is what you should be doing on a Friday or Saturday night. Let me give another example. My father is the epitome of a homebody. Did I say that right? A homebody? <laughs> the key is that he loves to stay at home. He is 100% the happiest person he is when he's literally just chilling at home in his pajamas sitting on his sofa watching TV. He will watch TV from morning until night straight. And I've never seen anyone look more content with their life. When I was younger, I used to feel bad for him. I was like, man, everyone else's dad is going out and making friends and going surfing. They have hobbies. Whereas my father just sits at home and stares at a screen all day. I used to be kind of embarrassed of that. But now as I'm 21, I'm like, if this is making my dad happy, literally who gives a fuck? Like, it's his life. Let him live. He's not harming anyone. Look at him smiling and laughing at these TV shows. Maybe this is his version of a hobby and happiness and escapism, you know? Like, why do, why am I pressuring myself and people that I know in my life to do something else, to not just exist, when literally 
their version of existence is what's actually making them happy. I'm sorry if I'm getting kind of out of hand. <laughs> I'd like to share another anecdote now about my brother. So I remember one day I was asking my brother, if you were to die tomorrow and you knew you were going to die tomorrow, how would you spend today? And his answer was such a typical brother answer. He said, I'm not going to do anything differently because why would I? I know I'm going to die anyway, so I'm just going to live exactly how I would yesterday. And at the time, I thought that was the stupidest answer ever. I'm like, bro, you're literally going to die. Are you not going to try to do something differently? Like you could do anything you want. You know, why, why would you not go out there and complete your bucket list? And he was like, no, that doesn't make any sense to me because I'm going to die anyway. So what's the point if I do something versus if I not do something? Again, for the longest time, uh, that didn't sit right with me. I was like, okay, that's kind of weird because on my last day, I would do this and this and this. I would try to cross off my bucket list. But in retrospect, I don't think that answer is as weird as it should be. Because in hindsight, looking at this from a different interpretation, if you spend your last day on Earth constantly thinking, this is my last day on Earth, I feel like you're kind of wasting it by stressing yourself out. You know? I think any kind of day where you're constantly worrying about the future and things that haven't even happened yet is a waste of the present. And that's something that I need to work on myself too. I constantly finding myself being anxious and worrying about things that didn't even happen yet right whereas I'm, I'll be in the now and I'm like okay hey, nothing's wrong right now but my mind just can't help but fast forward to something inevitable that I know is going to happen like next week like an assignment or a test or a some social event or whatever but anyways I think this mindset where everything that is a mundane you know, like brushing your teeth, just eating, cooking. Everything mundane is not living and you're just existing. I feel like that just creates this toxic cycle where you think your own life is so boring. How many times have you heard someone say, oh, I hate my life, it's so boring. In reality, their life is probably the same as everyone else's life because their life is... A repetitive cycle maybe they do the same thing every day but I mean who doesn't do the same thing every day you know even celebrities like Taylor Swift and Shawn Mendes they're still gonna have a routine where they brush their teeth they eat maybe they have a repetitive routine for their songwriting you know they probably do the same thing to figure out the creative process of getting a new song out there in the world but for those of us who aren't famous, and you know, maybe we're like the regulars, <laughs> the regulars in society, I say that sarcastically, but like also not really, but you guys know what I'm talking about. Um, for us, a lot of people might look at it and be like, oh, our life is so boring because we don't do these extravagantly crazy things like party or go to red carpet events or sing in a stadium of millions of people, you know? I think you have to have a mindset where your life is interesting all the freaking time. And that includes the times where you're just doing homework, where you're alone in your room, doing the most mundane tasks and chores. Because if, if you don't, well then, you know, 
you're obviously you're going to say your life is boring because you're going to think that every single day, every time you do something that's not out and up there, you're going to be like, oh, I, I hate my life. Okay, but listen, let me also preface this by saying I'm not trying to put out the idea that having goals and having dreams and ambitions is bad for you. No, I would still 100% encourage that. But I think if you're living in a mindset where you're like, oh man, I, I still haven't reached this goal yet. Man, I still haven't met my dream of becoming a famous international pop star. Then you're missing out on everything else life has to offer. You guys have probably seen all these TikToks on social media about romanticizing the little things in your life. And that is probably my, my favorite trend ever. Okay, I love that. Let me tell you how I romanticize my life as a college student. Granted, I feel like that is a little bit easier to romanticize because that's what everybody else is romanticizing. But anyways, typical day in my routine, I will wake up, I will, I choose my outfit the night before, but when I'm getting dressed, I like to pretend like I'm having a Disney Channel original movie movement <laughs> where I will dance in front of my mirror, I will brush my hair and then sing into my hairbrush like it's a microphone. I will full on sing and dance in my room, just dancing around. I, you know, I like to dress up for school. I like to wear cute outfits. And my mom, bless my mom, she drops me off at school, but we jam in the car together. I like to turn on the radio and look out the window as if I'm living in a movie moment. <laughs> when I'm in school, even if it's just me sitting in a class and listening to the professor talk, you really gotta be present in the moment. And when you think like, man, I'm in school right now. I'm learning something. I have the privilege of getting an education. If you have that positive mindset, everything just falls into place afterwards, okay? Even the most mundane tasks, you learn to find gratitude in that. And thus, you will believe that your life is amazing because it is, okay? You will not believe your life is not boring until you not do something about it, but until you change your mindset about it. Because actions only take you so far. It really is about how you perceive the world. Have you guys heard about the glass half full slash glass half empty kind of thing? Basically, if you haven't, um, if you see a glass that's filled halfway, if you have an, an interpretation of, oh man, this glass is half empty, that typically means that you're more of a pessimistic person who looks on the downsides of things. But if you look at this glass and you go, oh, this glass is half full, then you might be a person who likes to look at the silver linings. You like to find the brighter side of things. And that, I think, is a beautiful thing to strive for. You can still be positive and be a realist, but even if you take the crappiest of your situations and you learn to laugh about it, your life will become interesting. Okay, I think I'm getting a little bit off topic because I, I went from... Oh, uh, what's a quarter-life crisis to defining success to nobody's life is boring. You should love your life. <laughs> but basically what I'm trying to get at is that I think the quarter-life crisis thing is rooted in this fear that subconsciously we believe we aren't doing enough in our lifetime. We think that we're just going about our days doing the mundane tasks like going to work in school and we're not doing enough to affect the community around us, right? When we think of somebody in society who is like, oh yeah, this person definitely lived life to the fullest. You know, like the queen, uh, Michael Jackson, who else died? Um, I don't know, think of some celebrity, right? 
we use them as an example because, again, what's the formula for success? Money plus rich plus fame plus leaving behind this legacy. These are very high standards that we're setting ourselves up to. We're basically setting ourselves up for failure because not every single person in this society can be famous, right? If everyone's famous, no one's famous. You guys have probably heard that saying before. And it's just so true. So rather than trying to strive for something that we know is unbelievably attainable, let's just accept where we are now. Again, success looks so different to everyone else. So let's go back to the video example of Steven and the high school reunion thing, right? He thought that his life sucked and that he was embarrassed to share it with his past peers. But if you read the comments in the YouTube video, they were like, dude, you're literally going into dentistry school. I think I said that wrong, but he's trying to become a dentist. And they were like, dude, that's like such a successful amazing career to brag about you're gonna become a dentist you're gonna make big bucks but to steven he was like oh i'm i'm embarrassed of that like that's not that cool because i want i wanted to get into a band you know i had these high hopes of becoming a professional sax player or whatever it was but to everybody else they perceived it way differently than he did steven was just being so hard on himself for no reason in reality people already loved him for who he was he didn't have to change himself this um, look-alike actor that he got to play himself was a model, so, I mean, he had an objectively attractive face with objectively attractive features. He was thinner than the actual Steven, and I guess that's what Steven thought um, would impress his classmates if he had lost the weight. But in reality, nobody cared whatsoever what he looked like, right? They wanted to see the real Steven. They didn't care about this ideologized, fake Steven, who was successful by society's standards. I really hope that by the time I'm 25, even 26, and I'm reaching 30, I hope I don't become one of those people who is terrified of becoming 30. I definitely used to be scared of getting older. That was a genuine fear of mine. If you had asked me a few years ago, how do you feel about entering the adult world, and I say that in quotation marks, how do you feel about, you know, entering adulthood? I would have said, I'm so terrified, like, I just want to be a kid again. I want to be a kid forever. But my mindset has changed significantly. I think growing older is a beautiful thing. Because isn't that the point of life? The point of life is to experience every single thing you can, the good and the bad. And what's apart of experiencing every single thing you can is getting older, right? You can't experience all the world has to offer if I'm always going to be 15 years old, stuck in my hometown, only surrounded by the same people every day, surrounded by the same structure of school every single day, right? Like, it's just a part of life. And yes, it is scary, but I think that fear is, again, what we're meant to be experiencing. How can you grow as a person if you're un not going to be putting yourself in uncomfortable situations that can be kind of scary, you know? Number two, I think another reason why so many people are having these quarter-life crises so early on is because they're reaching age 25 and they're like, oh my gosh, I didn't reach any of the goals that I had set myself up for. 
And to that, I say, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I mean, it depends what the goal is, but if it's something personally related, like, oh, I, I wanted to lose 10 pounds, or, oh, I wanted to gain this much muscle. And there's this moment of, oh, if, if I had started sooner, I would be where I am today. But again, to that I say, I don't think that's the end of the world. I mean, you can start fresh any single day. Any single day, you can be in a new era of your life. And I think it's actually a beautiful thing to continue having goals because it gives you something to work towards. And not only that, but also something to look forward to because there's this magical sense of achievement and, and confidence when you actually reach your goals and to set yourself up to continue working for that right it gives you something to continue living for so let me give another example um if you had the goal maybe like a specific maybe you wanted to be married by a certain point and you're not right I think when we were all kids, we all had this imaginary timeline created in our heads. I know I did, where um, when I was a little girl, I thought 21 was so old. I thought 21 was so grown up and, you know, I would be having kids. I'd be popping out babies by now in my mid-20s and already be having my own place, maybe at my own apartment. But now that I am 21, I still very much feel like I'm a high schooler. You know, I still I feel like a teenage girl. I do not feel grown up whatsoever. But again, you know, if you're like, oh, man, I wish I was married by now. I don't think it's a bad thing. You haven't met your person yet. Right. Like it's if you still have that feeling of hope in your chest, I think it's so beautiful because you never know when you're going to meet your person. Then you could wake up tomorrow not be expecting it whatsoever and then boom you run into your potential soulmate who's behind you in line at a coffee shop maybe you're gonna meet him on christmas when you're taking the subway or something you know <laughs> i'm just throwing out the most random examples now but my point is don't beat yourself up if you haven't achieved your goals yet by specific time you guys just have to remember everybody's on a different timeline and no matter what age you are in your life, you're always still going to be adding new goals to your list. You know, your goals when you were 15 are going to be drastically different when you're 30, both in terms of like career-wise, relationships, friendships, um, anything else individual you have. So it's not something worth being upset about, right? That's just what life is. Life is constantly about working towards your dream. And I have this firm belief that... When you actually do reach your ultimate lifelong dream, especially at a young age, life just gets so much more boring after that because you've already achieved it. So now what else are you going to do? You know, maybe this is just me, but ever since I was little, I always thought, you know, I, I would look at these celebrities and obviously, you know, go, go them. They're doing amazing things in their life. They're girl bossing very heavily, but being a celebrity doesn't automatically equate to being success because being famous doesn't automatically equate to being happy. I remember I was talking about this with my, my friend Lena and we were discussing how we think that this is a reason why so many celebrities, maybe they go off track and they and they deal with some, some mental health issues and stuff. But again, we don't think about the downsides to being famous, right? Because there's paparazzi constantly following you um you get a huge total invasion of privacy everywhere you go you can't even freaking leave the house without 
30 men swarming you and flashing you and trying to blind you with your cameras. I mean, sure, you have a lot of money and you don't have to worry about paying your bills anymore, but at what expense? You know what I mean? So I think we have to always remind ourselves: are these societal expectations that we're setting up for ourselves? is that really what's going to make me happy? Or do I only think that's what's going to make me happy because everyone else is telling me to? Hopefully that makes sense to you guys. But yeah, I've always had this idea that for child actors or people who just got young um, at a small age, right? Like Taylor Swift, she, I remember watching her documentary and she said that her dream for the longest time was to become a pop singer and she made it you know everyone knows who taylor swift is she's such a cultural icon in today's generation and she's still relevant but to me it's like okay you've you've already succeeded it now what else is there to do i mean i'm exaggerating you know obviously i'm sure she she lives a very exciting life she has constant things to look forward to like tours and and um you know meeting her fans writing creating new music but i'm just saying if you already reach your lifelong dream at such a young age, you're going to ha- run out of things to look forward to in the future, right? Because your 20s is all about figuring figuring out what you want to do in life and what you want to be doing as a career. There's just so much room in your 20s to grow as a person and to experience all life has to offer. You know, our mindsets and our goals, values, it's constantly changing by our day-to-day basis. Um... I started this podcast because your 20s is just such a vulnerable moment in your life. You know, it's it's the first time you're entering, quote unquote, the adult world. I think from like a, the moment you were born, basically, to age 18, you're stuck in the same structure of what your family wants you to do and what society expects you to do. But then when you enter your 20s, whether you choose to go to college or not, whether you're choosing to follow this path of success that society sets up or you're doing your own thing, right? It just opens up this whole new floor of opportunities and you're basically kind of on your own now. Like you have the entire world, the world's your oyster to do whatever you want, whatever the heck you want to do, right? In theory, you could literally, you could drop everything right now and move to LA to become a famous actress. Like who's to tell you no, you know? It's your life now, you can do whatever you want. And so I started this podcast because I kind of want to document my own life and my thoughts in my 20s. And also because society constantly romanticizes your early 20s, early and late 20s. You know, we watch shows like Friends, iconic, such an iconic TV show. And we look at their lives and even though they're fictional characters, they do have a lot of similar parallels to what it is like living on your own, being an independent, independent girl boss in your 20s. And it's just so interesting because all these new conflicts arise that you never would have before. So (sighs) Roaring Twenties has made a significant impact on my life already because I'm already starting to change so many, (laughs) so many things in my life that I never would have thought I would have changed my mindset on. And yet here I am creating a podcast talking about it. Again, by the end of the day, these are just my personal opinions. Take everything I say with a grain of salt, but I just wanted to share my values and by the end of the day what I'm trying to get at is put less pressure on yourself you know because societal expectations they're this they're just there to be there you know no one's telling you you have to follow them no one's expecting you to follow them you still have your own life to live and I think 
by the end of the day, we can all live a little lighter and breathe a little bit easier if we just do our own thing without worrying to please anybody else. Something else that's really interesting about the video is the fact that Steven was primarily embarrassed to return to his high school reunion because he was unpopular in high school. So he felt this need to kind of prove to his classmates and his peers that, you know, screw you, you guys didn't like me in high school. But look at me now, 10 years have passed, I've gained muscle, I've gotten skinny, I, you know, I have, I'm famous now, I'm successful. And I wonder if the same situation would have occurred if Steven was, in fact, popular in high school. So if he was, you know, the cool guy back then, and now 10 years later, he's in the same place he is now, you know, working in a dentistry. Would he still feel embarrassed? Would it be better or worse if he was popular back then? So that kind of made me question this whole thing about popularity in high school and in middle school. You know, how does it affect your childhood? Because I know for sure, like, I'm not sure about you guys, but my high school and middle school growing up it was definitely 100% very much clicky. There was a social hierarchy. Everybody knew, you know, there was like a general understanding of who was popular, who wasn't. And it was very stereotypical too. Like the popular people in my high school were the athletes. You know, it, there was a direct correlation between how well known you were and how well you could throw a football. Let's just put it at that. And then there's also like the in-between people who were weren't as popular but weren't as unpopular they were just kind of mutual with all the social groups um i <laughs> humbly am saying that i was <laughs> in fact an unpopular kid i don't know why i said humble like genuinely i was in the unpopular crowd um not like the very very unpopular crowd but i was like one step above that where you know some people knew who i was but I wasn't considered a cool kid, and I'm not just saying that to sound humble. I really wasn't. Ask anyone from my school, and they will 100% back you up. <laughs> but I'm wondering, do all these popular kids feel this constant pressure to maintain their good looks, maintain their social status, so that in the future, you know, if we creep up on them in social media, we can say like oh my gosh they still have it all you know i wonder if that's like a fear constantly in the back of their mind because they know who they are if you're a popular kid you knew you were one of the cool kids right like it's pretty obvious sometimes and it just has my mind wandering and thinking you know because if that's true that they feel this constant stress to always be popular and be good looking just to prove something to their high school peers that's got to be hella stressful you know you got to constantly put on this show and this performance for people and you just know that if you were a bully which by the way screw you <laughs> bullying's not cool but if you were a bully you know maybe one of the kids that you bullied they're laughing at you now and they're like haha i get the last laugh you might have picked on me because I was smaller than you, but now look at us. Roles have reversed. So it's just so interesting to think about. You know, 10 years down the road, where will I be? And by the end of the day, it, it really does all come back to comparison. Going back to 
the whole theme of this, which is a quarter life crisis and what causes it, what it's about. Again, comparison is very much deeply rooted in the cause. What is that saying? It's like comparison is the thief of joy. A hundred percent. Comparison is a thief of every good thing that could ever happen to you in life. Comparison, I think, is the worst thing you can do for yourself in terms of self-esteem, in terms of confidence, in terms of your mindset, and just in general in terms of how much you love life, you know? Because no one's going to have a good time around you if you're constantly trying to be better than other people, if you're trying to prove something to other people, or if you're attempting to make your life look better than it really is, right? Like, by the end of the day, you don't have to prove anything to anyone other than yourself. Okay. I think I'm going to end my podcast here. Sorry if it like kind of went all over the place. I started off <laughs> with talking about October and pumpkin spice. And then I jumped to the YouTube video I watched. And then it kind of jumped and took a more philosophical route. But I just love talking about this kind of stuff and sharing my take on my perspective. <laughs> so thank you so much for watching. Um, as always, stay tuned for the next episode, which probably will be very, very soon because I just love making podcasts so much. But thank you. Have a wonderful rest of your day. I'll see you later. Bye.